Very few things are more deadly than an assassin. This is because an assassin is a killer hidden in plain sight. Sometimes the death is instantaneous, like a high-profile assassination. Or it can be a slow poisoning over time that deteriorates the body until it cannot fight back. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes, I present to you one of the deadliest adversaries you will ever face. An adversary you have been facing much longer than you can imagine. I present to you modernity. If you want to hear the anti-modern thesis, search for episode 3. But if you don't think you have the time, another tenet of modernity might I add, then feel free to carry on. You're a smart crowd. After all, you made it this far. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Anti-Modern, the pod all about engaging modernity in real life and exercising the Lordship of Christ over all aspects of life. I am your host, Mwansambewe, Religious Antagonist-in-Chief, and this is episode 17. We've been off for a couple weeks again. This one has a really good reason. (laughs) This one has a really good reason. Uh, It was my wife's birthday um, last week, a couple weeks ago. But yes, last week, actually. And I was planning a surprise getaway. This is actually the first time I'm talking about like personal things on the pod. So let's see how it goes. Anyway, uh, it was my wife's birthday a couple weeks ago. And I had planned for us to disappear for close to two weekends. Um, Two weekends, almost exactly. Yeah, back-to-back weekends. And so if I had announced that the pod would be cancelled, <laughs> it would have kind of revealed my hand because she listens. Like a good wife, right? Supporting her husband. She listens to the podcast. And so it was just much easier to pretend we didn't have any episodes and kind of like uh, let it lie. Mumbi's been on my case because, you know, he's got material just piled up. So if uh, today's uh, what happened while we are away segment is longer than usual. It's just because we held him back and he's got like a lot to vent. And he has, <laughs> he's got a banger for us. Like there's just, there's so much that has happened. Strange things have happened in this country. Anyway, we're back, anti-modern, ready to deliver. Uh, and today's, uh, today's an interesting one because we are talking about prayer meetings, right? Why your prayer meetings suck. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I'll say it sucks. You guys have to be politically correct because you actually have to like attend these things. But yes, um, while prayer meetings are not doing what they should be. Uh, and then we are also going to talk about the death penalty on the back end because it seems right, the death penalty is about to be abolished in Zambia. Very strange. Very strange. Especially if it hasn't actually been used in a long time. But I preempt the discussion. Well, let's jump into today's episode and see what we've got. Introverts at a prayer meeting. Christianity, unlike other religions, is grounded on what is more recently referred to as a personal relationship with God. This relationship is ultimately realized through prayer. Our prayers are not structured and timed like the Muslims. 
they are not made through intermediaries like the Catholics, and they are in one direction to one specific being, unlike it is with the Hindus. Prayer is where we talk to God, in prayer we worship, and through prayer we ask. Prayer is not just a private affair, it is also a communal exercise. The Bible, over and over, encourages us to pray with one another and for one another. One example from the Old Testament is, If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Second Chronicles 7 verse 14. You see, prayer is not just a private exercise, but a communal one as well. The reality of this is absent in modern prayer meetings because everyone has become an introvert. It has become cool to be introverted. We place an unnecessarily high value on our privacy to the point where the means of care and healing God has provided for us cannot be felt. We isolate ourselves, which leads to those around us not knowing what is really going on, which leaves them in no position to do anything or see the hand of God in anything that develops. The Christian life in the past tense. Modern prayer meetings can be rather frustrating for the person who wishes to connect because not much is said. Prayer requests are far too general to mean anything and so no one ever knows when prayer requests have been made or even answered by God. I'm sure you're familiar with requests like, I'm not feeling too well, please pray for me. Hardly anyone pushes back to find out what the problem is. How long has it been happening? Has the person seen a doctor or been taking any medication? Do they have everything they need? Have they been allowed to take time off work or if the rest is actually needed, etc., etc.? Another manifestation of this problem is seen in Thanksgiving prayer items given without the preceding prayer item. Thank God with me. I've been looking for a job for the last couple of months and I have now found one. Everyone congratulates the individual, leaving the youngest and most naive Christian in the room to ask, did I miss the prayer? Did I miss the prayer request? Did I miss you looking for a job? How long have you been looking? The young Christian would be looked at funny if he were offended that there was such a real need and it wasn't actually shared. In such a situation, the struggles said person had on the job they sought to leave would have gone unmentioned within the group with whom they meet regularly to pray. If the struggles had been shared, the group would have had the opportunity to do what the body of Christ is meant to do by its very nature, which is to rally, help, and more importantly, to pray. But what about privacy? Well, what about it? How many nights was the person down in the doldrums about their job, almost in tears, if not literally in tears? Times when a member of the church would be in a position to receive a call from them or randomly call them to check on them because they know of their struggles at work? Or how about if the problems at work are a result of the person having an actual problem with discipline, respect, or honor? Who better to come in and address the problem than the body of Christ around them since they know the person and can teach, correct, and reprove through the scriptures? We think such matters are better handled by the office therapist and ultimately, that is our problem. We believe in privacy at the cost of God's means for help and healing. Deep, deep down within us, we think we know better and hide behind claims of introversion and privacy. And yet, all that is hidden is our sin and that is why our sin is not corrected. No one else is doing it. Here is where the rubber meets the road. 
if you start to open up, you just might find that few, if any, of the people in your church or home group are doing this. Worst case scenario, not even the elders themselves. What then? Well, Christ does not call us to a democratic Christianity. He calls us to a theocratic one. What matters is not what the people around us think, but what God commands. You will find ministry to your soul when you live as God commands, both in the positive and in the negative responses. Either way, what you have come to experience is the reality of the church as the body of Christ. It might be messy, but there is much goodness to be found in genuine connections. Modernity has glorified introversion and privacy to unhelpful levels. Our introversion is proud and our privacy is our idol. Because of this, we have flipped everything on its head, making private matters, bedroom behavior and carousing public, and public matters, real joys and sorrows, private. In all this, we miss out on the medicine God has rightly prescribed for our good, which is a time of prayer that informs the brethren of our needs and helps us to rely on God together for much-needed answers. Over to Mumbi. Forgive me for even uttering this. National Review. <laughs> Conquest's law of politics states that 1. Everyone is conservative about what he knows best. 2. Any organization not explicitly right-wing sooner or later becomes left-wing. And 3. The simplest way to explain the behavior of any bureaucratic organization is to assume that it is controlled by a cabal of its enemies. Applying this to the Christian ethic, we can rephrase it as follows. 1. Everyone is a Christian about what he knows best. 2. Any organization not explicitly Christian sooner or later becomes a satanic pedophile cult. And 3. The simplest way to explain the behavior of any opposing organization is to assume that it is controlled by a cabal of its enemies. Are we being serious? Maybe, maybe not. Welcome to News on Anti-Modern and diving straight into it. Now, so that we're not accused of being against the global community, we begin with a news item to bring the international community together. Police arrested two Chinese nationals for allegedly hiring two South African nationals and a Ugandan to kill a Chinese businessman in Chingola. Wow, true international, such community, much wow. Now, according to a news item from Mwabantu, the Zambia police unearthed a crime syndicate where the incident is said to have taken place. The victim in this case, one Zhang Yang An, who is the proprietor of Zhang Yang An Mining Limited, I probably butchered that, was shot three times in the chest. This act was alleged to have been carried out by Henry Kwotek, 40, a Ugandan, Lucky Singate, 32, a South African, Maonde Lungelo, Nonoza, 34, a South African, Cheng Nyong, a Chinese national, and Zhuang Pingzheng, also a Chinese national. I read the headline, but the story just kept getting more and more bizarre as I read. Now, for what is a bizarre and certainly unusual story for a country like Zambia, unknown criminals allegedly abducted a 22-year-old woman of Lusaka. 
I'm sure most remember the viral video which depicted a woman saying she has been abducted by unknown criminals. The woman, identified as Pamela, said in the video that her life was in danger and that the abductors were demanding an amount of money, otherwise she would be killed. The comment from police spokesperson Ray Hamonga was that the police were investigating the matter. As of the 29th of April, eight suspects were arrested for possibly being linked with the case. We hope and pray for the safe return of the young lady. Now on to another news item. Zambia made international news, though not in a way we'd expect or want, as a 21-year-old female student was arrested in Russia for allegedly rehabilitating Nazism by, and I cannot believe I am just about to read this, twerking in front of a war memorial. In footage posted online, the student was seen dancing next to the World War II memorial in Kanti Mansisk. Russian investigators described the action as obscene and insulting and accused her of rehabilitating Nazism. The student faces up to three years in prison and a fine of up to three million rubles, which for us Chibumbewumbes translates to just over 800,000 kwacha. Being completely honest, this is just... Wow. Moving to another headline I did not expect to read. ShopRite runs out of onion. <laughs> what next? Is air going to run out of... Air? Terrible joke. Now, this comes from the country general manager, Charles Botta, who stated that on a countrywide scale, ShopRite ran out of onions and that local farmers can only manage to meet demand in terms of quality and volume during the onion season. Remember that Tomato Valunda song we used to sing and listen to a long time ago? We're way past that one, aren't we? Now, in a counter-report statement from Zambia National Farmers Union Public Relations Manager Kakoma Kalei said that the report attributed to ShopRite of alleged countrywide shortages of onions on the local market is not only most unfortunate but totally misleading. Again, this is a really weird situation. It's like that one time ShopRite ran out of knickknacks. That was a terrible time. What I just said is in completely poor taste. I apologize. Moving along. Now, in what seems to be another weird item, this is quite the week for weird items, isn't it? Police apparently are investigating some kind of farting incident. According to a news ad... Oh. Oh, no, not that type of guessing. Well, this is embarrassing. So, we'll just move along like nothing happened. Inspector General of Police, Lemi Kajova, said the police have reopened investigations into the gassing incidents that plagued the country not too long ago. Wow, I completely forgot about how big an issue that was not too long ago. Uh, moving on to the next item. Now, in what is in current contention for number one place in the Mona Lisa of news headlines, from Webantu, Gary Combo makes amends with Kachasu family. That's... <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Now, to be clear, the family name is not Kachasu, and we won't mention them for obvious reasons. This is in a news story where local government and rural development minister Gary Combo came under fire for forcing the children of a family to drink the illicit beer that they were making. Truly, these kids quite literally reap what they sold. Now, of course, the minister apologized to the family and made amends, and yeah, I guess it's always well that ends well. Heading into what's slowly becoming a regular segment, 
the corruption fights. And going through some news headlines concerning the corruption fight from Webantu. The Anti-Corruption Commission, ACC, has seized property belonging to former Minister for Housing and Infrastructure, Ronald Kaoma Chitotela, property reasonably suspected to be proceeds of crime. Next up, from Webantu once again, the Anti-Corruption Commission, ACC, has arrested former Permanent Secretary at the Ministry of Higher Education, Owen Mugemenzulu, for corrupt practices involving over 33 million US dollars. The ACC said that the arrest is in connection with a contract he is alleged to have signed in 2017 with a construction company worth 225 million US dollars for the design and building of the FTJ University in Mansa and Kasama under the Ministry of Higher Education. From Webant once again, the Judicial Complaints Commission, JCC, will table the complaint laid against the Director of Public Prosecutions following a complaint by a concerned citizen. From Newsdiggers, Justice Minister Malumbo Hayimbe says that any action taken by the Director of Public Prosecutions in the exercise of her office has been done unilaterally by her in her sole discretion and in the purported exercise of her constitutional mandate. I think legal people do this on purpose. They speak like this on purpose. You know what I also think? I think people in certain professions do certain things on purpose. Doctors write in a bad handwriting on purpose. IT people make up fake words on purpose. Teachers always told us it can't on purpose. Bus conductors always tell us it's seven quacha when it's actually ten quacha on purpose. From news diggers once again, former Zampost Postmaster General McPherson Chanda and two others have been found with a case to answer in all the 13 counts of theft by public servant involving over 300 million quacha. The case was brought up in the Economic and Financial Crimes Fast Track Court in Indola. From Mwewantu, Former Concola Copper Mines Provisional Liquidator Milingo Lungo has sued the Attorney General, Drug Enforcement Commission, and another in the Constitutional Court, seeking an order that his purported arrest is an abuse of criminal proceedings. And a baffling one from the Saga Times. Four anti-corruption commission officers traveled to South Africa in an attempt to seize Bowman's office park at Santon after they received fake information that the building belonged to Bowman Sambo. And finally, a Kitwe businessman, Richard Chilesha, popularly known as Chilewan, was allegedly shot dead by his wife after a quarrel. A statement from Copperbelt Police Commanding Officer Sharon Zulu, the shooting occurred around 01 hours when the deceased came home and later picked up a quarrel with his wife. And in the process, he was shot at on the left side of his back and sustained a bullet wound on the right side of his chest where the bullet came out from. And that brings a conclusion to our new segment. Now for our Bible reading, we will be reading the first psalm, which reads, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. 
Now, today has been a roller coaster of news items, but let us remember, God is in control. We thank you, everyone, for joining us once again. And until next time, take care. Thanks for the segment, Mumbi. Um, yeah, today we are talking about the death penalty. Um, strictly speaking, we're not even talking about the death penalty. We're talking about justice and uh, real justice, how, how, how we should wrap our heads, our minds around this notion of justice. Um, during Africa Freedom Day, which has been changed to Africa Day, Am I the only one who finds that strange? I liked Africa Freedom Day, but now this 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 Africa Day just sounds like Black History Month. I, I just anyway, it uh, it sounds like a cheap win, giving the whole of Africa a day. So is there like an Asia Day? Uh, is is there like a Europe Day, or or are we the only ones who are so fragile that we need? an Africa day that the whole world rallies around and just like celebrates African existence because we're we're children who need to be um, anyway uh, maybe maybe I'm a little bit narcissistic about this this notion of Africa day I thought Africa Freedom Day was a day to celebrate the emancipation of Africa from colonial rule right like one day that celebrates how all the different different countries rose up and found their independence but hey you know um turns out the freedom part is irrelevant it's not for me there's there is a genuine celebration around africa's freedom from colonialism that has to be celebrated and small time out parents I think this is something that you should actually look to create traditions with your families where you actually look at what had happened historically. Uh, where did we come from? How did we get here? And make it an entire event. Create traditions around Africa Freedom Day, the whole family's home. You know, enjoy, have a nice big meal um, with all sorts of things. You know, make it like have a feast. Make it make it like a, a, a real a real event. Celebrate Africa Freedom Day. We once were there, now we're here. You know what I mean? Um, but this Africa Day, it just sounds like Kwanzaa to me. Anyway, we're back. So during Africa Freedom Day, um, there was um, uh, and there were a number of things that were said um, uh, by President Hichilemba here in Zambia. One of which was addressing the issue of the death penalty and uh, the intention to abolish it. Zambia has not actually practiced. Uh, the death penalty it's been on the books it's a sleeper law it um, a sleeper law maybe i've discussed discussed this in previous episodes a sleeper law is a law that is put in place to be exercised when um when you want it um it, it it's it's like the, the 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 speed limits that the the police just decide on a random day okay we're going to set up a speed camera here and uh on this day we're going to punish anyone who drives over 60 in this area it's all fundraising it's it, it's junk it's a, it's 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 a law grounded in unequal weights and measures any other day it's fine except today when we're going to be here it's a law that's it's a, it's a stick that they pull out when they want to just whip you with it uh, and strictly speaking, there's just been no reason to apply the death penalty for these people because they treat it like a sleeper law. I bet if they had, if there was an enemy that they felt like you are an enemy, treason or whatever it is, the death penalty would apply in that case. They would be they would be all too willing to punish someone with it. But um, 
Uh, an example of this, by the way, is uh, Western countries are completely against the death penalty, predominantly, right? Predominantly against the death penalty. And yet, when it came to Osama bin Laden, right, what he did with September 11, they are okay with the death penalty being, being applied to him. And so it's, it's not that they're against the death penalty, right? They, they actually, they're okay with it. Most of them, the vast majority, it, it's that it, it has to be used in specific instances, but those specific instances have to be applied by us on our standard and not an objective and ultimate standard, right? So uh, using September 11, um, the, the terrorist attacks on the Twin Towers, um, yeah, using the, 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 the terrorist attacks on the Twin Towers as an example, what's the objective standard there to, to determine that this action is worthy of the death penalty and not that one is is it the number of lives that we lost what's the number you know what i mean there's a there's a number of issues so there's a there's an objective criteria that has to be met and it's just not so back to zambia zambia has not practiced the death penalty for a very long time Um, the last president to execute anyone was president kaunda and he left power in 1991 so over 30 years have passed and Zambia hasn't executed anyone. This isn't me crying that Zambia hasn't executed anyone, but there's a, there's a larger discussion that has to be had here around the issue of justice. And so uh, those who are against the death penalty are using that as an, as an example. We view it as barbaric, we view it as bar- barbaric for a very long time. And that is why, you know, let's just abolish it once and for all. Let's get rid of it because, you know, it's a sleep alert, it's doing nothing and we don't believe in it. Not for nothing, but by that logic, a lot of these other sleeper laws should be gotten rid of as well. Um, and I don't think there would be, especially the guys who are, who are holding these, uh, these sleeper laws ready to slap someone. I don't think they are looking to get rid of that. Here's another sleeper law, by the way. I know I'm everywhere with this, but an, another sleeper law within Lusaka is that there is a limit on, firstly, you have to register all the dogs that you have. When you have a dog, you have to register the dog and there's a limit on the number of dogs you can have. How, how, that is, forgive the language, that is dumb. That is incredibly dumb. Firstly, why? Why, why do I have to go and register? The, um, um, it, makes, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Uh, people are now being treated as though they are guilty until proven innocent. You, you need to go and tell the council that you, have had a certain, that you have a certain number of dogs. Why? Is it because I'm mistreating my animals? Is it because you think I can't take care of them? If I'm failing to look after the, my, my dogs, the animals on my property, then my neighbors can report me to the police who can come and investigate. And if they find out that I'm doing something wrong, that I'm failing to look after my animals, that's an issue. And the law covers that. There's no need for this garbage thing. Instead, it's all just fundraising. Most of these sleeper laws are just fundraising. We should view it for what it is. And that's why it should be gotten rid of. We need some people with backbone in these institutions to just say, no, let's, there, there are ways to fundraise. This should not be one of them. But I digress. The, this 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 death penalty um, thing shows that there is a we 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 lack an understanding of justice. Ultimately, we lack an understanding of justice. I'm going to use an example that we would all be familiar with because most of us have seen uh, crime crime TV shows, 
right? Um, in, in, in a crime TV show, you'd find a serial killer. Or, uh, yeah, a guy has been caught for murder and he's about to be sent to prison or something like that. And then he, he would make a deal with the district district attorney um, or, the, or the prosecutor to say, if I tell you where I have hidden the bodies or if I tell you of the other people I've killed, can you reduce my sentence or can you get rid of the death penalty or can you give me certain amenities? And in the movies, that's a perfectly warranted request. Like, yeah, definitely. If you tell us where you've where you've put the other people you've killed, we're going to, we'll give you more years. Or maybe we'll, you know, they'll, they'll amend things. Are you serious? <laughs> the guy has taken a life and now he is being rewarded. Of course, you can say oh, he's still going to prison, so he's not being rewarded. Come on, right? He's being rewarded for him taking more lives and disclosing it. That's our warped sense of justice. The Bible is actually viewed as barbaric when it says uh, an eye for an eye or a life for a life, right? But the, the, the objective reality of justice, it, it, it works there. You, you can see it, right? A life has been taken, not for nothing. This is why rape laws uh, within the biblical framework required death for rape, right? You rape someone, you die because there is a, um, there, there, there is a, an actual life element to the life-giving nature of sexuality with women. And so somebody has forced himself into that equation. He has taken what was not his to take, and she did not give it, right? Death penalty. It makes sense, right? There's an, there's an actual objective standard there. It's a life for a life. But instead, what we have is just, it's, it's, these, it's these strange metrics where we're either paying money for fines, um, and it's, it's not even, it, there's, there's, there's no restitution. It's, it's very rare that you find restitution in, in such cases. And so if we are getting rid of the death penalty, right, in favor of what, right? Jail time. Jail time where the criminal is being subsidized. His, everything while he's in prison is being paid for by the taxpayer. Taxpayer including the family and extended family of the people who he killed their loved ones. Come on, do, do you see the mess that's here? It's, it's, it, it, it's such a shame that we fail to see the obvious injustice that is there. I'll give you one last example to close it off. Um, if I stole, if I stole a goat, no, uh, let's use a car. Let's use a car as an example, all right? Somebody stole a car or parts of a car, right? Um, he stole car parts from me. Someone stole car, car parts from me. He was arrested in the process, right? And uh, taken to jail. While he's in jail, the things that he stole are not returned to me as the owner. Instead, they are kept as evidence. Until the trial, the court system has, we show up, uh, the guy is arraigned, and then the court date is set for maybe like a week later or whatever. Let's use, let's use as short a time frame as we can. The guy is caught today, he goes in jail for the next three days. He says he's not guilty, um, even though he was caught red-handed, by the way. But yeah, he says he's not guilty, and so this thing goes to court. He's in jail, right? This, the things that he took 
are not returned to me so that I, I keep using them to earn my living, right? Instead, they are, they are taken as, as, as evidence. Um, the guy gets arraigned, we go to court, the date is set for a week from now. That's 13 days gone, right? Um, next, the next court date, there's all sorts of procedures, and I'm not, I'm not against procedures here. Um, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a point to all of this. Uh, so the court case goes on, we hear the arguments, let's say another two weeks goes. That's three weeks and three days, gone, right? After it's done and he's found guilty, he's sent to jail, he's sent to prison to serve time. The judge comes up with some, I know they say it's not arbitrary, but some arbitrary figure, eight months, nine months, three years, whatever. At that point, right, am I, who was, to, the, the person, the victim, the person who was stolen from, is there some level of restitution? Is something being paid back to me for the waste of time, for all the time that was wasted? This guy who stole my stuff, is he going to pay back the money? Is he going to pay me back for the time that I lost while all of this stuff was going on? Predominantly, no. And if, if, if money is paid, it won't even be paid by him. He... <laughs> all of this, you, you see the level of injustice. We think prison time is like, oh, justice has been served. No. <laughs> because there, there has been no actual restitution, right? Even after the case is over, it might take me a long time to get the things that were stolen from me back from the authorities. Will they pay me back for the time that was that 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 it took for all of this stuff to be kept away from me? No, highly unlikely. Maybe, but highly unlikely. What we have here is we have a, a warped view of justice, and this is why we end up with situations like this where we think you know the death penalty should be abolished, right? Uh, because. Um, we have no way of evaluating how justice should be done. Since the statement was put out, I have not heard of any Christian institution pushing back. None. Zilch, zero. Uh, someone at the back of the room here should be shouting like, what about you? Why hasn't anti-modern like said anything? Well, we have this right and <laughs> maybe i could say we're not yet there but yes um yeah where's the pushback from the christians to say not not only is there a prop the death penalty has a it it, it has merit it's not barbaric it is just it is just the last thing and i've discussed this before um is what about people who are wrongly accused? And this is where biblical standards make a lot of sense. According to the biblical standard, if you accuse someone of something and it is found that you are falsely accusing them, the punishment they would have gotten goes to you. In short, if you falsely accuse someone of murder and they're innocent, they did not do it, and you knew, you intentionally accused them, of murder you wanted to take his life using the hand of the state as your executioner that punishment should come to you that would sort out a lot of this stuff a lot not everything of course because we are we are sinful humans people would still find ways of wrongly accusing or anything like that but that would sort out a lot of the mess 
if we applied biblical principles of justice. Instead, what we have is people taking the higher ground. And this, this notice was put forward by the Chapter 1 Foundation. Um, um, but yes, Chapter 1 Foundation, the vast majority of lawyers I know are in favor of this, uh, the, the, the abolition of the death penalty. Because it seems like this is where we need to go as a civilized nation. It's garbage. We, Christians need to stand up and actually indicate what real justice is. Right? The death penalty makes sense. It has merit. If anything, the, 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 the gospel that we preach is ultimately grounded on the fact that a life for a life was the payment. The Lord Jesus Christ had to give a life for a life. He had to die. It was not, um, it was not, it was not unwarranted. It was not excessive. The price had to be paid. It had to be a life for a life. The only reason why one life covers the death of is, 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 is sufficient propitiation for all is because of who it was who was actually crucified. God himself, God incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why his payment was complete and able to cover over the sins of all who he has chosen, right? Election, we've thrown it in there. Sue me, right? Anyway, um, to bring it all together, We think the abolition of the death penalty in, in our modern minds is something that should be done. One, because it hasn't been practiced in years. And two, because it's barbaric. Both of those are subjective and ultimately wrong ways of viewing all of this. And I hope with all of the things I've said, with everything that has been floating around, you've gotten some indication of this. Christians need to be the, one who has, the ones who are standing up and actually talking about these things, the merits of it. And when people look at us as barbaric, right? We tell them exactly, right? Exactly. Our, what we are called to think and believe is different. It's almost unpalatable to your modern sensibilities, but it's true. It's true because God says it. God says it. I believe it. It is true. And I stand on that with every fiber of my being. Anyway, this has been Anti-Modern. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can find both me and Mumbi on uh, the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Gab. Um, yeah, I think, that, I think that's what I found. Um, yeah, tweet at us. Let us know what you think of the episode. We like your feedback. Uh, agree with us, disagree with us. Yeah, you know, whatever. Send it through. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's hear it. See you next time. Grace and peace.